Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's so funny how we don't. Talk anymore. I just watched a video of Cliff Richard. He's 80 now, you know that, Mike? Uh, I met Cliff a couple of times. Did you? He's a very yeah. he's a very sprightly 80-year-old. He's not, he's fucked. <laughs> it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, there's the things you didn't know Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Give you energy like buck fast And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Yeah Is he? He looked good <laughs> He did the Queen of England's, um, I think, 75th birthday, 80th, whatever. And they closed the mall and Tom Jones came on and did a great rendition of um, Delilah, which was uh, done in the style that it was written, which was... Um, it's, a, it's a sort of a Spanish... Whatever, dance. Yeah. And then um, uh, what you call him comes on. Cliff. Cliff. And he's going, congratulations. And he was literally, jubilations. And he was leaning up against stuff. He was fucked. And when I met him in, uh, <laughs> he might have in been Sherman Airport. He might have been tired that day. <laughs> I met him a couple of times. On He used to fly on a, a jet that used to go from London City Airport to Shannon. And they clear customs in Shannon and then fly direct to new york it was the ba001 it was the old call sign for uh, concord um but it was it was a, a 32 seat private pretty much private jet that used to take you across run by ba and he was on it a lot and he was always wearing the same denim top and it had a british flag of the union jack on the back and every time he'd go through there'd always be a load of like irish women of a certain age shit face going off to Playa de Luz or whatever. I go, give us a song there, will you? We're all going on our summer holidays. <laughs> I wonder what song they were looking for. <laughs> and he go, we're all going for. Hey guys, he was terribly, terribly nice man, but he was very. I mean, he's bollocks. His hair is is snookered like it's 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 more boot polish, I'd say, than hair. But he's easy, Mike. He's easy. I know he's easy, but you know. I, yeah, I suppose he's eighty. I'll be. I, I. I. There's no way I'm gonna make eighty. I'll be fucked at say. The amount of stuff we've done in our lives. Often yeah. Have, yeah. Often have that conversation with my brothers about you know, our dad is eighty six and whatever, and is was out painting walls at the weekend and refitting uh, 
fitting a new dishwasher this week and stuff. And he, he's barely able to move. He has to have cushions and, and duvets on the ground to get him into a position. And then he'll stay there. It's like organizing a spacewalk, my dad, right? When he does stuff. But he's unbelievable. And I'd often say to my brothers, lads, you know, if we get to 70, we've torn the ass out of it. Like we have. <laughs> but, you're, but, but Mike, you're not like, it's not like, a, it's not you're car- like you're carrying all the sins of your younger self. It's, it's all down to inflammation. So once you get the inflammation in your body under control, you could live for fucking ever. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. That's deep. Do it, man. Just, you know, just, <laughs> you've, I mean, you gave up the chocolate practically. That'll give you an extra month. I had chocolate last night. Oh, fucking hell, Mike. Yeah. Here was me going around innocently thinking, well, Mike's going to live forever. He's given up the chocolate. And now I think, and now you're going to die soon. No, we had we we've had black armbands on this morning um, due to massive loss is in our life. Um, we we finished as a family, and I think it's probably the last thing we're ever going to watch as a family together. Clarkson's Farm. We finished it last night, and uh, yeah, it's it's a, it was an emotional uh, roller coaster, but possibly some of the best television I've ever seen. Wow, that's yeah. pra- high praise indeed. It is, and I, I, I watch a lot of television. <laughs> well, I, I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, I think my, my missus might actually watch that with me and not fall asleep, maybe, hopefully. Um, otherwise, I'll just watch it on my own. And did you eat chocolates to celebrate the final episode, Mike? Was that your... No, I ate chocolate because of yesterday's weather. <laughs> yeah, good reason. I had chocolate yesterday as so. <laughs> well. I got fucking soaked. I was on ranger patrol duty all day, which meant I was up on the edge of the cliff and it just got so fucking wet. And I have good wet weather gear, as you would imagine. Yeah. But nothing. It was like being in a car wash for four hours. Shit. Yeah. And and I'd imagine that rain and wind just coming off the West Coast, like you've no shade up there. You've no shelter, nothing. 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 And and the rain was was coming from the east and the west and the north. And it was was like literally being in one of, uh, as I say, a car wash. You didn't know where the next jet was going to go. Up your leg. Yeah. And about... And about two o'clock yesterday afternoon, my my wet weather gear breached. And once it breaches, that's it. You have to go for full change. And I was I was wet through to my jocks. Oh shit! And the only change of clothes I had was was sort of fleecy stuff. So I put that on, and I went out. And all of a sudden, it's twenty two degrees, blistering sunshine. Fuck's sake, Mike! And I had no factor fifty, so I burnt my head. Look, I shaved my head the other day. <laughs> Fucking scalded. Jesus. So I went from being wet, yeah, to you're like red. you're like you're like Roy Keane or Steve Staunton in the Yankee Stadium in World Cup '94. That's a bad reference to use on you. Sorry, we'll move on. Um, did was it yesterday? The two boys from Kulak arrived then, or was that the day before? No, that was that was the day before. They 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 uh, those two lads, Jesus, they're unbelievable. I, you've seen them on the news and on Twitter and everything. That they just sort of got a figuri and kind of, literally, you know, we've we've uh, they're two nineteen-year-olds. They've got each have a cousin in a special school. That's what they call it. In Abac- Abacus and Kilbaric. Abacus, yeah, yeah. 
and uh, and it is it's called specialist so called abacus kilbaric special school yeah so and and they kind of went you know what we'll do we'll raise a couple of quid put it on facebook and we'll walk from kulak to the uh the cliffs of moor and they just they no plan like they did we didn't even buy a new pair of runners like you know what i mean <laughs> that's what i'm talking about none of this training and all this sort of stuff and yeah i needed to get with my body and do this. Nah, fucking off you go. Pair of Dunstores tackies, bang. <laughs> that old bag that you borrowed from your uncle on your back and off you go. Uh, they are Scott Ward and Derek O'Brien, both 19. And uh, yeah, they decided to go from, um, they uh, they went from Kulak to the Cliffs of War, which is absolutely brilliant, raising money for uh, Abacus Kilbaric, which is a school that their cousins go to. So I just think... Brilliant story, and you were you were obviously there then when they arrived. I wasn't there, but all my colleagues were there. I, I'd asked to be put on that shift or whatever, but we didn't know what time they were going to come at eleven o'clock at night. They didn't want you stealing the limelight, Mike. Famous no, Mike, pretty much. Famous the podcast. Yeah, famous Mike from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Completely <laughs> overshadowing the two lads. But apparently, what well, there was an OG there uh, who took a photograph which i think you shared on the old twitter um, did, yeah, the yeah. lovely the lovely bridget ford was there and um in fairness they got there we got our act together and we'd given them some sort of goodie bags and sort of uh, there was a nice touch we'd given them some cliffs of moher postcards with stamps on them so they could send them like here you go lads uh, write them there lads and we'll send them off to you so right. from your trip to the cliffs oh, deadly. <laughs> and uh, somebody said to them like bear in mind they just walked from Kulok to the Cliffs of Moher, right? And they come up a huge hill to get to the cliffs. And uh, somebody said to them, lads, the uh, the tower is open up on top if you want to go and actually see that. And they ran up the stairs, like 168 steps. They ran up. So like, woo yeah, buzzing, man, you know what I mean? And the thing about it was the only time uh, limit they had on them was they had to be back in Dublin for work on Saturday morning. And they were walking, I presume. Yeah, no, they weren't walking back. Obviously, they were getting... It was the walk back to fucking kill this one. Yeah, what a story, though. Brilliant, lads. It's brilliant. It reminds me of a friend of mine who who got, who, I think he must have had, so he had some sort of falling out. Like, you know, like he was a teenager, 13, 14, 15, maybe mm. 14 had a bit of a row with the ma and just decided to go to his granddad's house because, and he just took his bike from Newbridge in Kildare, uh, just a regular bike and uh, cycled to his granddad's house, his granny granddad's house in Galway. <laughs> Jesus. Imagine your yeah. arse after that. <laughs> but similarly, I know there's a guy, um, a buddy of mine in Limerick, Pat Flannery, a publican. And um, somebody said to him, listen, we're doing a, a charity cycle from Limerick to Kilkee, about 60 miles. Do you fancy it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, did that when I was a teenager. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, they all get to this thing, and he doesn't realise, of course, everybody's in their their Lycra and whatever. He's in a jeans and a T-shirt and a rally bomber that he's he's got from some... This is about six years ago, less. No. And um, my brother was there, and my brother's all kitted out with his yellow sort of like... Um, thing on his six thousand pound bike and he's going yeah 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 we're uh, you know we've been training for this and we'll do this uh did you put any training in pat he said uh, what was your preparation he said uh well i pumped up the front tire 
And then somebody said, no, you can't, you can't cycle that. And um, somebody quickly gabbled together. They found out it was a size 10 shoe, gave him some cycling shoes. And of course, these cyclists all have spare bikes, you know. So he got this bike and they clipped him in. And just outside Ennis, which would have been a good couple of hours into the cycle, they heard this, oh, man, man down, man down. He couldn't get off the bike and he just fell into a ditch. Oh, no. That's worse. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Man down, man down. Uh, Fair fucks to him, though. I um, I took those clips off me bike. They're dangerous. Jesus Christ. They are dangerous. If you're not, if you're not used to them, you can't get out of them uh, in the nick in in time. Um, I have to read this this email as well, Mike. Sorry, I know I'm. I'm oh yes, excellent. I'm excellent. I like an, I like an old email. I'm hurtling through. This is just a short one, but it will bring us on to something we need to talk about. Um, it's from Linda. Hello, Linda. Says, uh, hi, Keith. Uh, I hope you and Mike haven't given up recording. Absolutely love, love, love listening to you both. Keeps me saying Linda are OG. Um, so, Linda, we should just uh, explain that I was late putting up the podcast. I don't know what the fuck happened to me. Uh, you, you, well, the, the, the irony of the situation is we, we recorded it early so that you could go on your holidays and have it in the bag. And then he just didn't put it up for a week. You tit. I just, I, I don't know what was, I had a weird week, Mike. I, I, like, I couldn't, it was just, I don't know whether it was, I was trying to think today, I went for a bit, I, I, so I've been in a bit of a funk, you know? Oh. And uh, I was trying to figure out what it was. And so I went for a walk today, just sort of like, you know, just to think, to try and figure out what the fuck was going on. Because I felt low, you know, I felt, oh, you know, not like, not bad, not like, not too bad. Just like, just, you know, in a funk, you know, in a, in a rush, like in a, like just everything was, not that, not that everything was annoying, but there was a low level sort of like uh, annoyance and just, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling good, Mike. Um, and I, and I don't know whether it was the trip to Athlone. I don't know whether it was like going back. Because I really, I had, a, I, I was so looking forward to that weekend. I don't know why. I've never looked forward to anything. Like I've been to, I've been to fucking, you know, Australia, Africa, um, you know, yeah. wherever, London, New York, you know, and I've never looked forward to something as much as that weekend in Athlone for whatever wow. reason, for whatever reason. I was just buzzing about it. And I think it was like the fact that I was gone. It was new. I wasn't going to be drinking. And really looking forward to just. Uh, you know, I've gone places and not drank before. I don't know, whatever it was, but I was just really up for it. And then afterwards, when he came back, I had a, we had a great time. I loved it, really relaxed. Went on the Shannon, went to, uh, on a boat with a guy called Viking Mick, uh, who brings you up to, he, some, he can bring you up to Clonmac Noise or bring you out to uh, Hudson Bay, out to the lake, uh, either way, either lakes. And um, we, we just relaxed, had a great time with Suzanne. I came back and I just... It's just something hit me like a brick wall. And I was like, what the fuck? What's that all about? It was like, I was like, I might as well have just drank for the weekend in Athlone. I came back with the fucking, like a, like a, like a depression almost. Oh, mm. and it's funny. You, you've mentioned drink three or four times there. Yeah. That, that, well, that's that's kind of interesting in itself. You know, I might as well have tried. Are you trying to tell yourself to drink again? You've had a bit of chocolate now. You've had a Fredo bar. So, like, <laughs> your calories are up. And it's like, oh, I might as well have just had some wine and relaxed a little bit more and done all sorts of stuff. Are you missing the drink, Keith? 
No, not at all. Definitely not. No, a hundred percent. Like it wasn't, it's, um, I'm enjoying life without it because I don't have that added anxiety that like some people drink and it doesn't really, you know, that it doesn't, for me, I think it just affected me because I wasn't a heavy drinker, but whatever I did drink would affect me in a way that it would give me anxiety that I'd never want to go back. Um, and that's not it at all. I'm just, but what I, but I, it was just, it was the anticipation of the week off or the weekend off being away. And normally with Suzanne, like if we're away, we'd go for a meal and we'd have drinks and then, you know, go to a pub and then we'd stay up late and we'd go, you know, and get up late and stay mm. in bed and we'd be a bit, a little bit, you know, uh, fuzzy the next day. So I was like, okay, well, I, you know, we can, I just won't be drinking. So I get up early yeah. and I go for nice walks and explore the town. And that's what I did. And I loved it. So, you know, I came back thinking that is definitely the way to go on holidays, just not drinking. Um, okay, okay. And, uh, yeah, but I, so, I, so I don't know what, I don't know what the, what the funk was, what the funk was going on with me. So I don't know, I think may, maybe just going back to my childhood uh, home or something. But I've checked in with my, my therapist, Luke, so I'm going to have a chat with him on Tuesday. And between us, we'll figure it all out. And I'm sure, <laughs> actually, I felt better after the walk today, just... Um, you know, because sometimes when you feel like shit, you need to just kind of lean into it and sit with it and allow allow it to happen and wash over you and then kind of like try and, you know, try and just... And then that seemed to work because I was kind of fighting it, you know? Is yeah, that, but is that you all see, a lot of bullshit I'm talking about? No, it's not a lot of bullshit. I think, I think Dido explained it really well with her song, Sand in My Shoes. Did you ever hear that song? Is this, are, still we back to flip, are we going back to the flip-flops here now, Mike? Because, like, move on. No, this you know is... This is not this is not flip flop territory. Okay. This is her song about I've still got sand in my shoes. Right? Have you ever heard that song? No, but I kind of I get listening. I almost get the sentiment already. Yeah, it's like two weeks away and la 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 and I come back. I'm unpacking my bag and I gotta go to fucking work tomorrow and I've still got sand in my shoes, you know, from that holiday. That fantastic beacon of light that I was so looking forward to and I've expended so much positive energy on. And all of a sudden, I'm back to the drudgery of my shitty life. And that's the problem. We put we put holidays way up on these sort of pedestals and we live for our holidays. Whereas, in fact, you should be living for every Tuesday, you know, a cup of tea in the moment. I know you've got to look forward to stuff and we've all had a, a lockdown and we've all sort of not done stuff, but I think maybe you're putting too much emphasis on it going back to your past. Maybe you have gone back to your past and you've dragged up some shitty memories you've had. I don't know, but I don't know. I think it's probably just a bit of a downer because you were so happy on your holidays. <laughs> the, the, what goes up must come down, Terry. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And I, actually I had mm. been, I had been getting to a place before that where I would be just of a random Tuesday, just outside for a walk on. This is fucking lovely. Sure. This is great. Mm. This, is, this is as good as holidays. Sure. I can just every day is a holiday and I like my job. So I was like, oh, this is, I like this. This is, yeah. you know, I could do this. This is, this is enjoyable, you know? So um, maybe I just need to get back to, to stop putting, stop putting weekends and I've up on such a fucking high pedestal. You know what I mean? Well, the problem is you, you, you suspend reality, don't you? And you, 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 you know, every day, you, you think, okay, I can't spend, you know, I'd like to buy new things every day, new toys every day. I'd like to be buying new cars, new things, new whatever. You can't do that. You go away on holidays and you kind of go, fuck it, we'll eat out. Uh, we'll go for a walk. We'll have a cup of coffee at like 11 o'clock in the day, which I normally wouldn't do because that's crazy and zany and whatever. And I might have a cake with it. Fucking I'm on holiday. You suspend reality. 
Mm. And, you know, it shouldn't be like that. But Mike, how do we live every day like it's a holiday? Well, don't do what a doctor said to me. A, a, a very good doctor friend said to me once. I think he's my friend. I don't know. I met him three or four times. But he was, he was talking me through a particularly harsh illness at, of somebody else. And he was saying, whatever you do, don't treat every day like, like it's your last. Because <laughs> you'll blow your money in two weeks. You know? And then you'll be fucked altogether. You'll still have the illness and no money and stuff. And it's like, okay, right, that's fair enough. <laughs> but I think you've got to live, you, you've got to live in the moment. Yeah. You know, every every day. Maybe this is the book we should write, Mike. Live every day like it's your holidays. Yeah. Because I think live every day like it's your last is a really bad idea. Mm. You know, because you'll have lads jumping out of fucking planes and going, oh, listen, to, you know, Vegas. if the parachute doesn't go, you kind of go, oh, well, it's my last day anyway. Vegas, exactly. Yeah. Put my last cent in there and, oh, it didn't come up. Shit. Yeah. I've got money to go home now. You can't, you can't be doing that. You've got to be realistic. But live every day like it's not like it's a weekend away in Athlone. Actually, that's not, that's not a bad old, that's a snappy <laughs> Live every day like it's a weekend away and that's long. Fucking yeah. Rubbish. With Viking Mick. <laughs> at the helm. What Literally at the helm. What a yeah. philosophy. What a self-help book that would be. <laughs> that would be a yeah. New York bestseller. It probably would do, yeah. Have have cake. And we've, we've been inspiring all these people on television. All these like red carpet events. You'd be saying, how, how, so, uh, Brad, how, how are you enjoying life? Well, I'm living every day like it's uh, like I'm on holidays in Athlone. It's an awesome thing. Dude, I, I ate a Marietta biscuit at 2 o'clock in the morning. We st- we got in a bed and we had chocolate and we watched, yeah. what the fuck did we watch? We watched uh, something. We'd ne- we watched um, one night we, we just sat in the bed eating chocolate. Suzanne was drinking wine. I was eating chocolate. And we watched uh, uh, the ABBA. What's the ABBA movie with um, with the wedding and the, the three dads oh, yeah. and the Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. We watched Mamma Mia, which I actually fucking would rather. I and I I not I don't like to criticize things at all. But Jesus, if ever there was a shit movie that was made, that was like because loads of people loved that film. But if ever there was a movie made for me to hate. Um, maybe I need to drill down. Maybe it was Mamma Mia watching Mamma Mia fucking put me in the funk. Um, but uh, maybe it was. You see, and there's there's a, there's a thing because people now my my wife who's gonna fuck. Listen, she's not oh, talking to me anyway because I here keep you. mentioning her on the phone. Here, here she won't. Go. She won't. She won't watch Pulp Fiction mm. because everybody else says it's really good. That's 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 a, something that you need to talk to. About here, while you're spending money on your therapy, can you just ask Mark, whatever his name is, that Luke. question? Why my wife won't Luke, Luke, Mark, Matthew, whoever he's one of his disciples, if he can fucking, if he can just uh, ask about Pulp Fiction, why my wife won't watch it? Because you're the same it, now. I'm, you, I'm you, it down. your Mamma Mia aversion is the same as my wife's <laughs> aversion to thing. You prejudge that. No, I've watched, watched it. Mike, I've watched yeah, it. Yeah. I've watched it. You didn't want to. I watched I some know of it. by the look. I know by the look on your face. You didn't want to watch it. And I watched some of it. There you go. You didn't even sit down and sort of give it your all. 
We did. We watched, watched it all. We watched it all. I, but I was just slightly distracted by the view from the hotel room. But um, but 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 when it came out, I bet you 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 shied away from it, and you yeah. were sort of one of those cool kids who like, oh, no, it's not my kind of bag. It's I bet not you were. that. It's not that I'm cool. Like I like I like musicals. My favorite musical is Guys and Dolls. Like I love that shit. Like I I like I would go and watch a local musical society putting on Jesus Christ Superstar and enjoy that. I don't have a problem with musicals. Um. But there's something about that film. It's just too, it's too shiny. It's too, it's too perfect. Oh, it's, <clears throat> oh, it's absolute shite. Yeah, I mean, I don't <laughs> like musicals. <laughs> yeah, complete fucking people who can't sing doing you're, ABBA. How come you're allowed to say it's shite? I was oh. very, I was very surprised by Pierce Brosnan's voice, though. How bad uh, it was! His singing oh, atrocious. Voice. Well. I wouldn't have said it was atrocious. I, I was definitely surprised by the voice that was coming out of his head and his singing voice. It wasn't too bad. It was very, it was very high and he was, he was out of pitch. He was, uh, as, as Brizzy would say, his tone was very low. <laughs> <laughs> no tone. No tone. Ride the rhythm, ride the rhythm. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, and it's dreadful. And I watched Mamma Mia 2 as well and i thought that was better than mamma mia one okay so they got it right <laughs> by mama mama mia three i love it <clears throat> they didn't get it right i mean that i like abba oh yeah well the music of abba is great you see there's loads of things like i like greece i like looking at places that have blue skies and turquoise waters and yeah. whitewashed buildings and sand and you know, people having a, a nice time in these places, but uh, everything, all of this stuff together just seemed to, to you know, me, I, I hated it, you know. And maybe because you were an Athlone with Mick the Viking with no blue seas. Athlone no was absolutely beautiful. I will send you some pictures from Athlone. The lake was beautiful. The sky was blue. It was absolute For Athlone, it was beautiful. Yeah. Maybe you should have sang some ABBA songs along the way. Yeah, maybe we should have. Yeah, we were. Um, we didn't sing. The the mood was a bit. The mood was a little bit low. I felt in Athlone generally, oh. from from everybody else. I got a sense of, I got a sense of a town, wanting to pick itself up again after a tough time, but not knowing if it had the energy to do so. See, maybe you're you've just become too vulnerable and empathetic, and you you went to Athlone and you became. A sponge for their negativity. Yeah, I took away Athlone's feeling of well, their worries and their concerns about the future, and I took that with me, Mike. I took that on board. Yeah, and a lack of hope can be very bad. Mm. But you know, but at the same time, it, the town is it looks great. That you know, there's a lot of work has gone into it. They're a great bunch of people, a great bunch of lads and lassies. Uh, they they're very industrious, but it's got to have been fucking hard with no tourism. You know, at least with the tourism in Athlone, you've got some rest. You've got some like like no more than <clears> you guys, but you like when you live in the town that's beside a river that's kind of not dependent on, but you know, the tourism gives you the color. Like you know, there's nothing better. I grew up in a housing estate in, in, in called Willow Park in Athlone, and there was nothing better for us than the sight of. Spanish children our age wearing coloured clothes, like not brown and not navy and not black, but like red jackets 
and yeah. smelling of clean stuff, uh, you know, and yellow trousers. Like these brightly colored Spanish kids coming over for a few months with their nice smells and their their colored clothes and their clean hair. <laughs> we, we, did you not just wash or something? Could you not have like done something about that? Personal but no, hygiene. but like you, like I find uh, this is a very, 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 very sweeping generalization. But I, when you go away on holidays, and it's changed now. When you go to Spain, you look at the kids, right? If you're, you know, in the Mediterranean, the kids are all so well dressed and so, you know, really well looked. They love their children over there. Like Spanish people love their children. In Ireland. They don't give a fuck about the children. Like we just barely just get by, you know. We barely survive, and we no, we we we're not giving, we're not allowed to wear brightly coloured clothes. Look, as I said, that's changing now. But in when I was growing up in the eighties, we were like, <laughs> I I love you said that that's a sweeping generalisation. It's probably also the most specific thing I've ever <laughs> heard. It's like <laughs> the Spanish people smelled nice. They had clean hair and coloured clothes. That's just a lack of fucking hygiene and going to pennies. That's that's all. We didn't have pennies, Mike. Uh, we did. We did. Uh, we, we did. We did. We did. But we didn't have. It wasn't. That wasn't. They weren't clothes for children. They weren't for us. Anyway, look. I just. I. I what I'm saying is in Athlone that when you get the tourists coming with their, with their joie de vivre and their nice smells and their you know cool leather loafers. It just it just lifts it lifts everything, you know. It just lifts everything. We had deodorant in the eighties. I, 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 you're saying that the Irish people smelled and wore brown. Yeah, basically. Yes. Well, you're right though. We'd be standing on the corner in our wellies with our with our slacks tucked into our wellies, brown slacks tied up with a piece of string. <laughs> just a jacket, no shirt, just a jacket. Looking at these. Italians and Spanish people heading to their, their rented boat on the Shannon and just thinking, someday, someday, boys, that'll be us. And that was the hope. That was the hope we got. Uh, and you know what? I was beginning to think you were thinking bollocks by overthinking your holiday and having this funk. And I was just thinking, oh, middle class man, you know, having a little bit of a funk. But no, you've got serious childhood issues. If you were wearing Wellingtons into your brown slacks and you smelt... And there was a lack of. Did you wash your teeth or anything? Did you brush your teeth? You yeah, have, we had. Like, yeah, I had this. Yeah. I had a toothbrush. The same one now for five years, but I had a toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus. We the, the the quicker we get to see Luke, the better. I think. <laughs> I'm starting to feel better already mm. because because well, I'm talking to you about it, but also yeah, just just I think facing into it and going for a walk on your own and thinking, having a good heart, think for yourself. Mike, that's the that's the trick. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't that that whole prescription of having a think I, I don't do that. I I kind of just go and try not to think, and then usually things happen. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Leaving yourself open to the whole <laughs> sort of life thing, rather than kind of dwelling on it. But do you not feel like if if you if you go along and you kind of you, 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 if you don't sort of try and pinpoint the reason why. What was the trigger? What was the trigger that made you get pissed off that day? What was what happened that the day before when you woke up and you're like, like, can you just say, well, it was just a bad day. It was just just had a bad day. It was just in a bad mood. I was just in a bad mood. Or is it better to go? Why was I in a bad mood? 
what triggered that bad mood and how can I ensure that not not that you're there's nothing wrong with bad mood or being angry or any of those emotions but what can I take from that what can I learn from that I'm like uh, ish but it becomes a bit navel gazy then and sort of like you know you, you don't want to dwell on every little thing when the wheels fall off they just fucking fall off that's that's what happens yeah you, know? you just gotta tomorrow's gonna be another day live every day like it's gonna be the last <laughs> Oh, no, live every day like you're going, you're on a weekend in Athlone. Yeah, probably not, actually. That's probably a really bad idea for a book because it's fucked you up now. It's given you some sort of introduction to depression. So I'm not taking depression lightly, but if you're in a bit of a funk about coming home from your holiday, that's not great. And I wouldn't drill down into it. I just think, you know what? We had a lovely time and we're back to normal. And... And then it's funny because I was lying in bed this morning because I had a day off and Sally Ann's had a day off and we didn't get up till half nine. Nice. And it was, yeah, nice. But it's only four weeks ago that half nine would have been early. Mm. And I, I really got into a snit then and thought, fuck, what, what, what's the point? If the government can give us money every week to not to work, why don't they just keep doing that? And then yeah. everyone relax a bit. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, You're right. That, yeah, that that got me into near depression, thinking, "Oh my god, my my life is sort of mapped out now by somebody else writing a roster or somebody else doing this for me, or I've got to do this, got to do that." And then you put yourself under pressure to go on holidays, because <clears throat> that's another thing. That's another thing we don't discuss: is oh, I got to go on holidays, got to have a weekend away. We need to have a week. We don't. We don't deserve anything, really. There's people an awful lot worse off than we are who who would like a loaf of bread. And we're going, oh, yeah, I'd like to go to Greece for two weeks on the piss. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> You've caught me in a rambly sort of thing now. Um, no, and I was good. I was, You're being yeah, so positive was... at the start, and I feel like I've dragged <laughs> you down. I've dragged you into my negativity. Oh, it's, it's a slough of despondency. <laughs> Quicksand of shit. I often wonder why this podcast isn't like number one in the charts. Like, who wouldn't want to listen to two entitled white middle aged men giving out about their lives? <laughs> yeah, but that's it, though. You know, I, I do think like that now. I think more and more that I, I'm not entitled to anything, actually. I, you know, yeah, I work relatively hard. Um, uh, you know, and I've, I've saved money and I've done the sort of the right things. But what does it get you? Only, you know, a, week, a weekend that long. That's fucking it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're depressed for a week afterwards. <laughs> okay. okay, Mike, here. We're gonna, okay, we're going to snap ourselves out of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wanted you to tell me about your job. So the, the, the day you had during the week where you were, you had to go out and identify different I'm going to say species, but I could be wrong. Oh, yeah. yeah. Types of plants or flowers. What were you doing? <clears throat> this is education, the education uh, bit. So um, the, the Cliffs of Moher is a special protection area, right? So it's um, an SPA, and it's got that designation from um, a load of birds that we have up there. And, of course, those birds depend on the sea, they depend on the air, they depend on the land, they depend on 
humanity to a degree and we all kind of interdepend on each other so we've been there's a big thing at the moment about over the next 20 to 40 years what's going to happen at the Cliffs of Moher. Now, the Cliffs of Moher is not just the Cliffs of Moher Visitor Centre that you go to. It's from Doolin down to Hag's Head. So it's about eight miles of continuous cliffs. So the protection area is 50% in the sea and 50% on land. And we're trying to get this overview as to how to manage our interaction, the birds and the bees, literally the birds and the bees, and the flowers and the birds and the plants and the sea and everything. So um, there's a group of us at work who are kind of interested in flowers and whatever. And there's a, there's a few people who have a few opinions, of varying opinions on how to manage the site. Now, it's the National Parks and Wildlife Service who would sort of be the overarching sort of thing. But my theory has always been, listen, we've got a habitat at the moment that, that's really good. It supports an awful lot of birds. And that's why we are a special protection area, because of seven specific species of bird. But of course, they rely on things happening on the land um, and on the sea, which we have a sort of an input into um, by literally by dint of being there and by dint of getting people to be there so we need to lessen our effects on that whole habitat but of course there's no point managing land until you know what you've got and so nobody's really done an in-depth plant sort of um identification thing and, and thrown out a little you know a quadrat and a sort of meter square and we go out and we we we, we take random samples of meter squares of just bits of land around the place and what species you've got. And these are on, usually we pick areas with, so some are south facing, some are wet, some are just ungrazed, crappy old pasture. You'd think it was ungrazed, crappy old pasture. Some of it's sort of, I don't know, it might've been trampled by a tractor or somebody might've got stuck and you know, there's a hole there or whatever. And it's been fascinating what this has thrown up. The amount of species you get, um, one of the places is just uh, somebody's kind of built a drainage ditch and all of a sudden there's a load of orchids along where this little ditch has been built. So lots of different species of orchids. And then there's weeds everywhere, but of course weeds aren't really we weeds, they're just plants. And if they flower, they're nice and good for, which most flowering plants do obviously because they're flowering plants um they're good as pollinators so we were just throwing out this little quadrat to see what we've got and we last two days we got about nearly 60 species of plants and it's amazing when you just take an hour i took two guys with me out and i said lads i don't know what we're going to find out here but this is an area i looked at in may last year um, so it's now June, July this year. So let's have a look. And there was literally three species. And we haven't done anything to this piece of land. And we've let it grow. And that's been my sort of, my input would be just to leave everything, let it grow. Let's stop managing and mowing and doing this, that and the other, and just see what we get. And unbelievably, we got like from six species last year to 19 species this year, this little, this little meter square. <clears throat> so yeah, it's been, it was fascinating. 
And when you when you look down, these two guys were just going, it's but it's a guy and a girl, and they were just going, that's just grass and weeds. I said, well, 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 let's actually dig down and have a look. And we had our um, you can get Google Lens on your phone, which is fantastic, a free app. Point it, and it'll it'll just literally tell you anything you need to know about the plant. Now you've got to be you've got to be wary. You've got to have some plant identification books for your region because you can put Google Lens on and it'll say, oh, that's a Canadian whippersnapper bush or whatever. Whereas actually it's black medic and it's found in most ditches around here or whatever, or it's it's silverweed. But of course, globally. You different know, names, uh, go, different places. Yeah, yeah, and, and different, completely different species. So you can't just take it on, but it's a handy tool nevertheless, just to sort of say that that is some sort of a potentilla or some sort of a sankfoil or some sort of a whatever, which then you can go to your book, open your identification book up and going to go, oh, that's it there. Let's have a look. And we found um, we've got four types of plantain growing and i never knew i'm not a great plant sort of person plantains that one um like a banana it, no it's uh it's a little weed um but kids use it it's got a very long stalk on it with a brown head yeah yeah and you can turn you can f- t- twist the thing around and yeah, flick it and at flick somebody. It. yes that's, that's exactly like a little yeah yeah those that's, so that's called a plantain is it plantain so we found four species of plantain and i'd say the rarest of those is actually as you would expect, on a footpath, like on a step where it shouldn't be growing at all. And we've got wild thyme and we've got some beautiful little, um, there's some plants called kidney vetch, which actually look, I'd, I'd never known them till last year, and they look like coronavirus. They're this yellow thing with all a round ball with all these spikes with little tops. Like, you know, when you see the graphic of coronavirus, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what it looks, that's what it looks like. It's this beautiful little plant. So, We've been out discovering all these plants. And, and these two guys that I took with me, the girl and the guy, uh, Kieran and Moraid, and they were kind of, <clears throat> one comes from a farming background and the other comes from a sort of a marine background. And they were like, and I don't, I wasn't professing to know. Surf what I was and turf. At. You can call <laughs> them surf and turf. That's their new <laughs> nicknames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd be idiot in the middle, surf and turf for myself. But I, I didn't know what I was looking at either because I'm not great at identifying plants, really. Um, I kind of know, you know, a grass is a grass and a sedge is a sedge and a rush is a rush. But post that, I'm kind of, until I see it flowering, I don't really know what it looks like. But lots of people will just be able to pick up a sort of a leaf and go, oh, this is this. Is a... But I can't. But um, yeah, Voyage of Discovery. And we spent six hours the other day doing it. And it was just fascinating. We got all these species that we didn't know. And we did sort of transects along the site and took in all bits of area. And we found loads. Once you get your eye in, you get snails, day flying moths, uh, spiders. uh, Any any lizards? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> there's the funny thing right so everybody's going on have you found any reptiles or lizards or anything like that and um as we're walking up outside the the main entrance a guy comes over uh lads uh cork guy are you uh interested like in uh like um stuff like you know wildlife and all that sort of thing yeah yeah i was inside in the shop so there's a gift <laughs> shop right and he had his hand on a guinness mug 
and a lizard ran up his arm and it was asleep on his shoulder. And it was like, oh, Jesus Christ, we've been walking around outside. <laughs> Fucking a Guinness mug runs up his shoulder. He's like, what do I do? I don't know. Like, I said, just shoulder down there, flick it into the grass and he'll be off like, you know. And he went, little common lizard, beautiful little lizard. You get plenty brilliant. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He couldn't make it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was really nice. And we went and we did a load of bird watching. Um, so what are the seven specific species then? Oh, okay. Here we go. Uh, Is that, am I putting you on the spot? No, 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 no. So you've got two that are resident year round. You've got the peregrine falcon and the chuff. The chuff are like the crows with the red beaks and the red feet. Okay. And then you've got the orcs, which are the uh, razorbills. Um, da, 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 uh, are orcs kind of, kind of like penguins? No. Yes. Puffins. Yeah, yeah. Puffins. Yeah. Puffins. Uh, guillemots and razorbills. They're the three orcs. And then what are the two? Oh, yeah, you've got um, kittywakes, which are like a gull, and fulmers, which are like a gull. Um, but kittywakes, like, go, you hear them. They're saying, get away. No, they're saying, kittywake. Get away from me. Yeah, get away from me. Look, they're limerick birds. Get away. Um, get away. So they're the seven, the sort of the magnificent seven species. But we have to manage our land for them. Two species of those, well, one species specifically, the uh, uh, the chuff needs to eat beetles and worms that come out of cow's shit. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. So the remaining landowners, you know, need to keep just doing what they're doing because the numbers are up. We know that the bird numbers are up. So we know that whatever's happening farm-wise... We don't really want to change it. Not that we have any say over it, but, you know, and what we're doing isn't impacting negatively on those bird species. But then I was, try I was trying to explain that, you know, this whole, the buzzword biodiversity and everybody's going on about, oh yeah, we need to be as biodiverse as we can. You can't, you, you can't manage a site for everything because you got too many balls in the air. Because if you overdo this and cut this, or don't cut this and leave this. You're going to, at some point, you're going to give one species an advantage over another, which will lead to the demise of one and maybe an increase on the other. And then that increase in turn might have a negative effect on something else. So you really just monitor, monitor, monitor. And then if the wheels fall off one species, then you try and grapple them back, but hopefully not at the expense of something else. Yeah, but that, like animals and that they kind of like self-regulate anyway don't they if there's not enough if there's not enough food for the falcons i presume they just have less chicks or you know they some of them die unfortunately or whatever and that's just the way yeah. it goes it, it's you know but um and do you ever get like so the falcons i'd be more i'd be very interested in birds of prey myself now i, I wouldn't know as much as you mike but do you ever get other types of uh birds of prey in the area that uh, or have you seen an increased amount of birds coming back that used to be native to the area is what i'm asking you here mike in this very in-depth is keith walsh here and this is to the waters in the wild Garrett van gildren <laughs> keith and van walsh <laughs> um you do uh we saw buzzards they've introduced um white-tailed eagles into uh the lake the Shannon, the big lake on the Shannon. What's the big? Loch Derg. Loch Derg, yeah. Um, so it's not above 
their range to come out because when they start going up on on thermals the cliffs of moa is not an awful long way away um you've got the birds of prey center in aloe caves and they've oh, had a few yes. they've had a few escapes over the years um do, they weren't necessarily some of their birds you know the <laughs> the guys they fly their birds and oh this little this vulture will come back and the vulture just goes oh that forget my marbles lads I can see something over there that I'm going to go and eat that cow. Mm-mm-mm. And then somebody gets a figari and shoots it or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, hen harriers are, are here where we live um, and they're beautiful. And we're seeing a lot of male hen harrier activity at the moment. Lovely. So we're assuming that, that he's feeding whoever is on the nest. But again, you know, some the peregrine falcons nest in completely like places you can't get to church spires, cliffs of moor, all that sort of stuff, uh, inaccessible. And most birds won't really have a go at them. Um, although I've seen a raven try and go for the peregrine's chicks. Wow, yeah, the ravens are big, it's like they're yeah. huge. And within your normal sort of birds, the great. Greater black back gull, they're colossal gulls with black black wings on top. You probably have never paid any attention to them. You probably, like most people, before I got there, a gull was a gull. Yeah. <clears throat> There's lots. But the greater black back gull, you come face to face with none of them. They're huge, like huge, like big beaks, eat anything. You know, li- literally, they are. Because the cliffs at the moment are, are kind of like um, it's dog eat dog. It's like Supermax when you've been thrown out at a nightclub. Right. Everybody's had sex. Everybody's done the breeding season. And now it's like, we're hungry, lads. Everybody's hungry and everybody's angry. That's what it's like. There's this frenetic sort of energy up there with birds trying to like eat each other all day long. Okay. And the, per- the peregrines are just like, doink. And you know they'll they'll go and break a puffin's back at two hundred kilometers an hour when it's flying, grab it with his talons, take it over to a place where we can actually show people doing it. We get the old long, the 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 binoculars out or the the bird watching the scope, and we can set it on it. I had two years ago I was there and I said, oh, do you want to see a peregrine falcon to two American ladies? Yeah, yeah, we'd love to see a puffin. I said, "Oh, here's two and one. You can if I, over here." And this this peregrine falcon was literally head deep in the belly of the puffin, like ripping it to shreds. And its little orange feet were flying out. Oh my god, what's it doing to the goddamn puffin, man? <laughs> oh, they're friends. <laughs> yeah, just making love. They're just wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, but it is. It's a it's a hive of industry up there at the moment, and it's just a. It was nice to be able to get the chance to go out and do the sort of flower identification and a bit of bird watching and a bit of, you know, some of us went for a walk then down towards Hagshead to see what the species differences were down there, and it changes because you get lower and lower and lower, and you get more sort of seasidey plants rather than mountain top. Because you've got to imagine you're it's it's a unique habitat because you're you know you're 200 meters up yeah but you're also rocky shore you know so right below you is rocky shore and you're at mountain height so the species of stuff that come up are really odd 
and some shouldn't be. Some are in the wrong place. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It's fascinating. Now we have it here. We have a similar thing going on here in Newbridge at the moment. Um, because because of the heat, we're leaving the back door open and we're getting the odd bird flying in to the house. Oh. And unfortunately, we had a little, I don't know, might have been a little finch or something come into the house, and Charlie got very excited, and I suppose like the falcon uh, took the poor bird out of it and upset Granny and Granddad, who were sitting watching telly, having their chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> they were sitting there eating their chicken wings, and then the, the bird was killed, and they were, just, they were like, Charlie, kill the bird! And it was like, you're fucking, you're fucking eating your chicken wings there, happily enough. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, and I, I thought I, I thought it was just shocked. I thought it would just like maybe it was just out of us. Uh, it had just got it was unconscious for a while, and I put it outside on top of the shed away from Charlie. But it's it's still lying on top of the shed, definitely yeah. dead. Yeah, it's been it's been a day now. They can get so stressed that their hearts just go doink, and that's yeah, it. I think it just. But died, sometimes, yeah. sometimes they don't. They, they, you can see there's a bit of life in them. Just stick them in a box. Yeah. dark somewhere away from other predators and then when it gets towards dusk open that box up box up and then they'll they'll fly off okay i yeah. should have done that all i did i just i oh, no 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 he i'd say he was dead he, he was, was definitely you know, dead yeah he's lying on top of the shed now unless yeah. he could be just having a nice sleep it's sunday you know was he in charlie's mouth at any stage no not really i think he might all have right. I think he might have tried to. He was kind of hit the. He hit the window trying to get out, and then I was trying to. I was trying to guide him towards the open window, and yeah. then Charlie jumped up, and I don't know what happened in that. I, I, he might have just tried to fly again against the, and hit the window, or knocked himself out. Or something. But, but Charlie definitely kind of got to him. Bollocks! Yeah, He's a killer. Of course. Oh yeah. Well, we have cats here, and they bring us little gifts every once in a while. Unfortunately, we've got one cat who likes bringing live gifts in and sort of going, oh, look, this is fun. Everybody gets involved. <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Fucking... Yeah, she had a, a vole. Oh, no. Day. Yeah, yeah. Um, quite a big one. Um, I think it was a vole. May not be. I'm not very good on my little mice type things. I'm not great with mice. Yeah. I actually jumped and went, ee! <laughs> Dalian will grab them. Jimmy will grab them, but I'm not. No. Anything with teeth. I wouldn't be too happy about touching, really. Mike, before I let you go, uh, our our producer, the producer of this show, Fergal. Oh, Burgle Ferk, yeah, great Fergal guy. Ferk. Has he been in touch at all with you? He's 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 holidaying in the West, and I think he's going next week. So oh. I'm, I'm going to have to find out what days you're working because he wants to call up and get your autograph. Or I mean, I mean, yeah. talk about the show and topics. Yeah. So if he wears some sort of a, a low sort of fronted singlet. If I autograph his chest, I can then send him to a tattoo artist. Yeah. Emblazoned forever. I'll go nipple idea. to nipple. That is a fantastic idea. I think Fergal yeah. would love that. Oh, I'd love to meet him. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, uh, he'll be around. Uh, I think they're, they're heading over to the West and they're planning on going to the cliffs next week. So I'll find out. We'll figure it out and get you guys talking, you know, because then if you guys talk, then you can talk about the issues of the show, where you think you're going wrong. Yeah, me putting up the podcast late. You know, you can have an honest conversation about how I'm yeah. holding you back. I'd say the fact that it's the uh, the Keith Walsh podcast mm -hmm. and it's just Keith Walsh that fucks up all the time is probably the biggest issue we've got. <laughs> and then what does he do? Goes on holidays and doesn't enjoy himself. But the, I enjoyed my holiday. It was only when I came back, Mike. <laughs> but Fergal, uh, you and Fergal can do like your your spin off podcast. You know what I mean? <gasps> yeah. 
It'll be like the top. It'll be just called Just Mike. (laughs) Mike and Fergal. Mergle. Or Fike. (laughs) I think um, um, Marin and Burke. Oh, yeah, that sounds like uh, purveyors of nice soap. Mm, I think Marin and Burke would work work well. I'd I'd listen to that podcast. More middle-aged men complaining about their lives. That could be the subtitle. How dare you? Um, so where is he coming to in the West? Do you know? Is he? That was all he said. He, yeah, he just said he was heading that way. So um, yeah, he'll 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 try and find you. I'll, I'll figure out what what your what days you're working. He'll try and find you. Yeah, yeah. Throw him on my number anyway. Whatever. Definitely. Or he, he can tweet me, or he can contact the show at <laughs> keithwalshpod at gmail Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to Acast. Thanks to my friend Mike. Thanks to uh, this week's show was sponsored by the Cliffs of Moher, mostly. The Falcons. <laughs> yeah. And, and there was any money. And the plantains. <laughs> which I thought was a sort of a banana. Yeah, I think it is. It is, yeah. It's the same. It's, it? the, 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 uh, it's a sort of a, the, the, I was going to say Caribbean people. The, fo- the Caribbean folk use it as a sort of potato, don't they? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's probably something to do with the plantain here. That'll show you how little I know about plantains. Someone will, someone will write to us. Keepwatchpod at gmail.com. There you go. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Miss if they, you. If they want to listen to two middle-aged men complain about their lives. Two middle-aged <laughs> white men. Complaining about complaining about having holidays. <laughs> See you, Mike. Have a good day. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started